Hi, I'm Tom Henriksen from MyITCareerCoach.com, where we build great tech careers and welcome to Tech Career Talk. Today, we're going to talk about a technical career journey with Paul Dahlia. Paul, introduce yourself to the people here at Tech Career Talk. Uh, hello, everyone out there. And uh, yes, my name is Paul Dahlia. Hi, Tom. Good to see you again. Um, yeah, my, uh, my career, actually, looking at it now, spans just around 38 years. I uh, started back in the days of uh, when uh, mainframe systems were converting over uh, from TCAM to VTAM, which probably doesn't have a tremendous meaning for anyone out there in the industry today. Uh, but uh, it, uh, if you're an old-timer, uh, you'll certainly remember the stories about uh, JCL uh, sitting in shoeboxes on top of the machines themselves and having to be fed in in order for batch jobs to run. Uh, but um, uh, through the years, uh, what I found was is that my greatest strength and my greatest enjoyment was technical, which had a bit of an um, sort of a price tag attached to it uh, in that I needed to remain relevant uh, in a lot of different disciplines in order to uh, keep my career going on the technical trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, I did always ultimately get into, for example, line management, project leadership, as they would call it back in the day. Um, I, as I got a little bit older in my career, there were, we'll talk about that in more detail. Uh, what I found was, is that uh, through uh, circumstances, uh, I ended up in the consulting world, in the gig economy, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and uh, until I actually decided to change industries. So if we go back to, uh, you know, 1986, 1987, I was doing batch COBOL. Uh, my, I landed in a shop on, on Wall Street. I have 25 years of Wall Street experience. That's pretty much where I, I began, except for uh, an insurance company, which my mother-in-law worked for. And she actually got into the COBOL training. She got me into the COBOL training program. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so, um, you know, she um, got me into the program. Uh, it was a major insurance company in New York. Yeah. Uh, down in the Wall Street area. And uh, I basically programmed for them for about two, two and a half years or so. Mm -hmm. And at that time, um, you know, when you're, when you're young, you have a tendency in this industry, as most people know, you, you, you do bounce around quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, and so that's essentially what happened uh, to me. I went from uh, that house to a, basically a retail brokerage house to uh, a brokerage house that basically was doing uh, quite a bit of stock loan and uh, creating the first generation of systems that actually did debt trading. Wow. Uh, so basically, we developed and maintained the first generation of uh, um, mortgage-backed trading systems and what today is known as uh, repo systems. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you were uh, kind of at the ground floor when that all started. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, and it was an interesting experience. Uh, at the time, uh, we were doing very, very well. And I decided to, my wife and I uh, had moved out to New Jersey. And I decided to take a, uh, a position again in a local insurance company. But that really didn't really work out. Sometimes they don't. Yeah. And uh, so uh, at that point, I was moving into what's known as the gig economy through uh, consulting. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I, you know, if you live in the New York, New Jersey area in the 1980s or so, you were pretty much going to be traveling to New York if you weren't going to Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, 
there were there were shops, you know, that were sprouting up uh, in North Jersey, but not a great deal south of the uh, what we would call the Driscoll Bridge, which is yeah. kind of like the uh, the uh, uh, demarcation line between yeah. North and Central Jersey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were you were traveling up north, um, so uh, I spent about twenty years doing a two hour and change ride Ouch. each way, yeah. uh, going to uh, New York, and then. Um, to uh, a couple of shops in New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, still with the brokerage theme. Yeah. Now, what was happening, if you remember, in the mid to late 1990s, um, the, 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 the private equity business, mm-hmm. uh, there tends to be quite a bit of uh, exchange going on in terms of mergers and acquisitions. Yeah. Um, and on two separate occasions, I actually got uh, acquisitioned out, being on, on the management team that actually was on the short side of the acquisition. Yeah. Um, so uh, at that point, I was uh, I ended up back in consulting. Um, at this point, it was probably around 2000, 2001. Yeah. And I got into uh, uh, healthcare, actually one of the largest pharmaceutical firms in, in the world. Uh, and I did that as a consultant for a while. Yeah. So as a consultant, Paul, though, I want to ask you, as you're, you know, in technology, but you're changing domains, talk about that challenge as you, you know, you go from insurance to pharmaceuticals to from Wall Street, talk about that domain change. Well, clearly you're learning the application uh, real time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, you know, you, you get used to the idea that you're, you're pretty much always in, in a situation where you're feeling your way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't always, uh, you know, I mean, I, I had by the mid 1990s, not only did I have COBOL under my belt, but I also knew a little bit of microfocus COBOL. Uh, I had already had, uh, uh, they were doing visual basic six in, uh, attaching to SQL server. Yep. Uh, and already had that, uh, uh, under my belt. Um, I was independently building websites. Mm-hmm. Uh, using some of the uh, the bundles that they were making for PHP, MySQL, yep. and uh, and Apache. Mm-hmm. Now, for example, Apache to Triad, right? Yep. So uh, you know you're doing everything you can to learn something new, anything new, mm-hmm. um, because you you didn't know which way the direction could be. Yeah. You know, for the industry, um, I caught up with Java a little later on, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part. Being in a, a brokerage in, uh, you know, helped me move around to a lot of the uh, local houses. Yeah. Although, I mean, net, net, it was really only about five shops that I was in. Yep. Um, with insurance, it actually has a tendency to be a little more stable because, uh, you know, the insurance companies basically are, are, are in, in New Jersey, for example, some of them yeah. are behemoths. They're really huge. Yeah. Uh, so uh, if you know your technology, well, understanding insurance is, uh, is, is, you know, fairly common it's not um there are some subtleties that you can learn on, uh, along the way mm-hmm. but it's not like you had to come into a shop and actually learn what what repo is or what uh, you know the different types of corporate action corporate actions might be correct um uh you know you're uh, you, you don't have to have a series seven for yep. uh, some of the knowledge so it, it tended to be an industry that was stable mm-hmm. uh and that led to my very last job yeah. in the industry which is, of course, where, you know, we actually connected. Yep. Um, but uh, it, in, the, um, in anyone's travels, you do have to be really ready to uh, hit the books sometimes mm-hmm. and learn the industry that you're in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so it, it's, uh, you know, for example, if you're moving into manufacturing, um, I suspect people that who, who, who that have PMPs, yep. for example, uh, do have quite a bit of uh, this type of thing where they can, you can have a PMP run any type of project. It can be an IT project. It can be a construction job. Yep. Uh, so, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're in a situation where every once in a while hitting the books is, is a necessity and, uh, and it's actually a good discipline to have. So that's yep. uh, one of the things that, one of the things that sustain me. So talk to us, Paul, about kind of compare, as you mentioned, learning a new technology over learning a new domain, compare those to us and, and share what you, your thoughts are on that. Well, um, learning a new domain is, is something that you have to do if you don't know it. You pretty much have to do it from scratch. Yeah. Um, if, you're, if you don't know, for example, if you're, doing, if you're working with uh, Avid, you're, yeah. you know, you're going into a brand new, you're going into the film industry. Mm -hmm. You're going to be doing post-production. Yep. So uh, you're going to have to know the, you know, you'll have to know the software. Yeah. But you'll also have to have an understanding of what the, uh, um, it, it's almost like you have to be the cinematographer for the director. Mm -hmm. You have to have an understanding of how that, is, all this film, all this raw footage is going to come together yep. to tell the story that the director actually wants to tell. Mm -hmm. Um those types of things you do not, uh, you can't carry over from any other industry. Yep. Um, so uh, there are some things that are obviously very basic, you know, like, uh, you know, what's contingency planning? Well, everybody yep. knows what that type of thing is all yep. about. When you're learning a technology, mm -hmm. it's true well, going all the way back to COBOL with, without some of the obvious um, stranger things in COBOL, like the earlier versions having alter go-tos and things like that. Yeah. There's the notion of, you know, break logic and going one way as opposed to the other, multiple mm -hmm. break logic. You know, it, it used to be back in the day that, you know, COBOL didn't have anything called an evaluate, what they know in Java as a switch statement. Yep. Those, those type of things didn't exist in the earlier versions of COBOL, but one of the things that COBOL tried to do was make itself relevant sometime in the early 1990s for the alternate platform universe by mimicking some of the new types of techniques and statements that were in those newer languages, things like switch. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so that's how COBOL came up with evaluate. But what you have because of those types of things is that you have sort of a, a everything pushed toward a commonality. Yeah. Whereas no matter what technology you were working in, if you're working in PHP, Java, mm -hmm. um, .NET. Yeah. Or even COBOL or micro, you know, like any, like for example, Mike, Mike, Focus COBOL, yeah. you would get uh, similarities. Mm -hmm. If you had those similarities and you understood what they were uh, um, essentially trying to do, then you basically understood the structure of what you were going to have to dive into. Yep. And then you would have to fill in the gaps with what the unique things about that language actually were. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it's kind of like, I, I mean, I, you, you know me, my, my, uh, my background is in music. Yeah. And I know how to read, but I don't know how to sight read. For example, that, that separates usually the people who can actually, uh, you know, do studio work from yep. everyone else. Mm -hmm. And if you do know how to read music, you have a basic understanding of computer language structure. Yeah. And it's, and that's a strong element that, that can't be understated. That's why they say musicians made the best programmers. Yeah. I've heard that. It, it was essentially because of the, the knowledge that any musical arrangement that you pick mm -hmm. 
is a de facto representation of a program. Yeah. That's an interesting comparison. Uh, and it, it's real. It, mm-hmm. it, it does. Um, it allows people to make the transition. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, um, if you're, and, and then of course, uh, you know, you're and one of the things that I found was that in moving into management occasionally, yeah. but, uh, you know, the ability to, uh, you know, relate to people is actually, you know, the, uh, you know, the things that you've done all your life, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up through school it, it is, uh, cultivate relationships, yeah. you know, friendships and cultivate relationships to the end of having a common goal. So, you know, when you combine all of those skills, you have what you call soft skills yep. and of course your core set mm-hmm. and those things actually do um, uh, work together and, uh, you know, allow you to sustain a career. Yeah. Yeah. Those are important aspects that those soft skills, I think, and a lot of times are underrated in the technical space um, because it's so important, as you mentioned, you know, to work in a team and be able to collaborate and uh, work together. Correct. Um, so, okay. so Paul, tell us a little bit about, you know, maybe some advice you have for people who may be new coming into technology. Um, it's actually not as, uh, prevalent as it was in the early 1990s, mm-hmm. but back in the day, one of the things that I had to do in order to remain technically solvent yeah. was apply as many languages as I possibly could learn mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to, to my toolkit. Yep. Um, that said, nowadays, I mean, most, most times, you know, you're getting into uh, any, any environment where there's usually some sort of variation on uh, Java or, you know, C++, although not so much C++ uh, uh, because that, uh, I think C++ uh, uh, suffered from um, the, uh, the same uh, problems as, um, Oh my God! I can't remember the name of it. It, it was the pre- predecessor to Cobol. Uh, Fortran. Assembler. Yep. Yeah, they were they were so they were so basic that they didn't they didn't play well when it came to higher level development. Yeah. Uh, so that, for example, some of the things that Java did, like uh, you know garbage cleanup, mm-hmm. uh, that came along with Java and uh, the ability to actually write standard routines. Yep. Uh, that made sense. Um, it's um, you. You. It's probably still prevalent today because you just don't know uh, what the future holds. Uh, if you're in the world of Java, I remembered having a heck of a time with uh, Spring Frameworks. Yep. Uh, because it was, uh, you know, it was while it was a framework. Uh, I was trying to learn it on the job in in an environment that wasn't necessarily conducive. You had to hit the ground running. Yeah, it wasn't my better experience uh, mm-hmm. in, in my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, that said, I was still able to um, sustain myself by doing all of the client side work. For example, JavaScript. Yeah, uh, I was very good at JavaScript. Mm-hmm. So at the time, prior to HTML5, uh, you know, JavaScript was one of those things, just like uh, CSS, yeah. where you could do, you could actually be very effective on the client side. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. without having the uh, without, without having to worry about having the structure um, I even worked with a, a cold fusion for a while yeah um, and uh, got to a conversion when they were actually moving their platform to Java mm-hmm. uh, because I knew cold fusion I think it was five to seven 
Yeah. Um, that I actually was able to uh, do the conversion on at, at the shop that I was at. Interesting. But uh, I mean, there, there are just, there were so many languages out there. Don't take any one of them for granted. Mm-hmm. What's true today in two years time could just be a completely different ball game. Yeah. If you think that there's a language out there that's being used for the uh, type of technology that may, may or may not uh, be in your wheelhouse, Mm-hmm. Take the time on it. Uh, you never know if that's the language that's actually going to be controlling robotics in the future. Yeah, it's, it, it's uh, you're in a percentage game. Yep, that's a good point. That's a good point. Paul, do you have any closing thoughts? Um, no, it's been a great career. I, I I'm still trying to talk my daughter and uh, and her, her boyfriend. <laughs> they work for a high tech firm, but they're in the sales end of it. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm trying to talk them into a. Uh, I mean, how did Mel Brooks mention it? Well, it's been a good living, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So I I would say that um, IT is not going anywhere. The applications may move to to self-driving cars. Mm -hmm. They may move to more serious applications. I I used to say this, you know, I I mean, uh, most of the, uh, the software that we worked on were for business applications. Yeah. Now it's getting serious. Now we're actually putting people on the road in cars that are driving themselves mm-hmm. using software to maintain the order. Yep. And I would say that because of that, there are many areas in IT, even if you're not a developer, one of the strongest things that I'm, I have to be a proponent of at this stage is QA. Yeah. Um, QA is, is, is going to be probably one of the areas that develops the, uh, the fastest. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if it's not already there, they, uh, there's, there's just got to be that commitment to it. I mean, you, you saw what happened with, um, well, I don't know. There was a space flight that kind of quite didn't make its orbit recently Yeah, and, uh, had to come back to earth. Yep. Well, there you have yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an important um, aspect. I mean, yes. I have, I have a, a similar story. There's this famous story about the Ariane five rocket. It's mm-hmm. made in launch. Yeah, uh, basically uh, went foul because uh, it uh, ran around the counter. Mm-hmm. The counter nowadays you don't have to worry about it, but back in the day, you you know, uh, you know, five digits basically meant you weren't going to get to a hundred thousand. Yeah, and uh, I had a similar experience myself, simply because I was sitting uh, in the right place at the right time one evening uh, at six thirty at night, trying to go through some code. When my my manager came into the room, he says, "Paul, I need you for a minute." Yeah. This was in 1986, and uh, it was a major brokerage house. Uh, we were doing our, our repo agreements, and we came across the first billion-dollar repo ever done in the house. Wow. And we couldn't process it because we didn't have enough digits in our counter. Wow. So basically, big back in the day, this was S99. Yeah. Um, we were doing comp three, right? Yep. And all I had to do was increase the digits uh, by, uh, you know, go from S915 uh, to 18 or whatever yep. it might have been. And uh, we moved it into production because back in 1986, we could actually move our code into production by ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing DevOps before there was DevOps, Paul. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and the, uh, the industry has uh, basically uh, uh, broken into silos for a reason mm-hmm. uh, because we did not always make the best decisions when we were moving things in. Yes. Um, so there has to be a QA component to everything. Yep. Um, but all of you who are, 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 are looking at this now, I just wish all of you the best. 
It's a, uh, it's a wonderful future. Uh, uh, software, it's software driven world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, no, uh, I don't see any a way that we move away from that. Yeah. So technology will be strong for the next century, I believe. I couldn't agree more. Thanks for coming on, Paul. You're very welcome, Tom. Thank you kindly. If you have any questions, please email me, Tom, at myitcareercoach.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and our podcast. On behalf of Paul Dahlia, I am Tom Henriksen from myitcareercoach.com, where we build great tech careers. And thanks for watching Tech Career Talk.